Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of the NBA Runaround on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am always joined here by this young man who is now holding up, I believe he painted some tinfoil gold, and he made his own championship trophy himself for the Los Angeles Lakers. I am joined by Gage Boone. You can find him on Twitter, at Boone Gage. How you doing tonight, my friend, my champion friend? Oh, I am doing awesome, and it's been an awesome last couple of days for me. And I, th- and I think I can speak for all of Laker nation and the whole LeBron fan base. When I say that he has been a ridiculed player for such a long time. And then I know, I know you personally and you and I uh, text each other and, and do different things like that during the week. And you said that you were just getting a lot of heat on Twitter from the Miami heat fans. And, and dude, unless you delete tweets that I don't see, and and that one of the reasons why I brought you on the Fit Network, we like to always keep things as a family show here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. And I really liked your Twitter because, yes, you would put out some thought-provoking questions. I almost wonder if people don't like to think anymore because you're not being critical about your statements about other players. Really, you don't you don't downgrade anybody, it doesn't seem like. It just seems like you ask some questions and people attacked you. Well... To say something at the risk of sound, sounding arrogant, nobody likes the smartest guy in the room. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay. I, I guess that, that is that's something that you could say about yourself, and I, I won't disagree, but we're not sitting in the same room either, so I'm not going to disagree with you right now. And you're probably sitting in a room all by yourself looking in a mirror, so you're, you know how that goes. I got my dog with me, but that's it. <laughs> a dog with you? What kind of dog? Is it? Is it a little... So he's a Dotson Jack Russell, Jack Russell mix, mm-hmm. and his name's Kobe. Uh, my brother named him after his favorite player, the late great Kobe Bryant. Okay, well that 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 could be fair. It's a little short dog though. It does it probably jumps pretty high though? I can imagine oh. that those little Russells jump pretty high. Oh, he does. He does. Okay, well, that makes sense then. But, Gage, uh, your Lakers did defeat the Miami Heat this past week on national television, of course, on a Sunday night, too, which was a little bit different. Was it Sunday or was it Friday? It was was Friday. No, they lost Friday. Game six was on Sunday. Okay, yeah, I I do have my – look, I am on NFL schedules right now. Right. And and there was just a game on Tuesday night and I don't I'm not going to know what day of the week it is for like a month now because the NFL is just playing two games on this night rescheduling this game and they're, they're playing a game on Tuesday night I I can't I'm not it's going to mess my calendar all up my my internal clock is going to be really going very weird Yeah definitely will take some getting used to but uh, your Lakers ended up defeating the Miami Heat 106 to 93 and that final score is not an indicator as to how big of a lead the Lakers had that game. They they were up by 30 at some point. Yeah, they took control and they took control early. I think you could tell that Friday night they were upset and it showed. Uh, I saw the look on LeBron's face. I was watching game five on Friday night with my girlfriend and after that game, you know, they lost. Everyone knows how they lost. The Miss Danny Green three-pointer and the turnover by Markeith Morris. And after that game, you know, they kind of zoomed in on LeBron's face. And I said, they're not going to lose again. I said, the series is over. And I knew it from the second I saw the look on his face. Well, and, and they certainly dis- didn't. And he made sure that happened. He ended up scoring 28 points with a total of 
uh, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, put up a triple-double that final night. Danny Green ended up, he did hit three three-pointers that final game, so maybe he redeemed himself a little bit. But of course, somebody who people said may have deserved the MVP in Anthony Davis, he scored 19 points, had a total of 15 rebounds, uh, three assists. But I, I can't say I agree with him because Anthony Davis was going to have to average about 40 points that game to take that uh, uh, MVP trophy away from LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis, he was awesome. And, you know, big shout out to him. I'm I'm so happy to see him win a championship. But, I mean, let's be honest here. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. LeBron James is, was the best player on the Lakers. He still is. Um, he led him in points, rebounds, assists for these finals. Um, Anthony Davis was about as good of a sidekick as you can be. And, you know, I don't mean that to take anything away from him, but you know, he wasn't the finals MVP. I I don't think that a lot of people really thought that he was, but there's definitely, you know, a discussion about it. Yeah. I think early on, I think once the series started and people started seeing how main of a cog LeBron James was and that LeBron James kind of flipped that switch in the playoffs and just wouldn't allow anybody to beat the Los Angeles Lakers this year. It just wasn't going to end up happening. But I think one of the, I'm not going to say an unsung hero, but if you were to take those two guys out of the equation, I'm sure there were a lot of players who were important to the Lakers during this playoff run, and especially in this championship series, but none more important than Rajon Rondo. I'm going to have to tip my hat to that OG coming back, playing in this bubble uh, whenever he was hurt, and really being a, a, a floor leader out there for them on the court. Well, I'm sure you saw my tweet uh, the night of the finals that if the Lakers – you know, when this finals uh, due to an insanely good uh, performance by Rajon Rondo, which they did, what did he have, 21 points? And he missed like two shots the whole game. I mean, he was amazing. And he's been amazing this whole playoffs. Um, I think I saw a stat. He's the first player since, like, he had the most assists coming off the bench in a playoffs, you know, since like 1970. And you have to think, he missed the whole first round. So that is, and, and a lot of their series were very short. I mean, five, 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 six, very short series coming off the bench. I mean, what he did was awesome. He's now, I believe, the first player in NBA history to win a title with the Celtics and the Lakers, which is another fun fact. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad you said it. I mean, I think that overall, I mean, you can argue KCP, but I think he was our third best player throughout these playoffs when he played. And just having someone that can handle the ball other than LeBron. I mean, I, whenever Rondo had the ball in the playoffs, I felt so confident. And it, it was a full 180 from how I felt in the regular season where he was, quite frankly, awful. Yeah, well, the, you know, being inside that bubble and being able to study game film and everything makes a big difference. And one of the things Ray John Rondo did comment, I saw a little interview about him running around shirtless, too, by the way, which I, I wish I could do more of. I don't, I don't know why I don't run around shirtless more often. Maybe because. Maybe I would scare people a little bit more than Ray John Rondo does even. But uh, to be able to see him in that interview, he said what he was watching and he knew that he wanted to go to the Lakers because if he ever got a chance to play with LeBron James and the way he studies film and the way LeBron James studies film and their intelligence, their IQ on the court, he said there was no way there would be any team that would be able to beat them in a seven game series. Yeah, and uh, I I actually just listened to Rondo. He was on first take, I believe, either today or yesterday, and I watched a clip of it on YouTube. And he 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 called LeBron James the goat 
which is funny because there's that infamous picture of him at a bar in Boston with a lady wearing a shirt that says LeBron is a beep and Rondo yeah. you know, posing with it, pointing on it. So I think that's funny. It It is funny. But, you know, at the same time, you have to recognize LeBron James' greatness. If you are in denial and if you're a hater of his abilities and his skills, then you're you're just really a hater. You're really the get off my basketball court kind of a guy because me, even a Michael Jordan fan growing up, and and let me say this: whoever you whoever you watched growing up as a kid, it is going to take a lot to dethrone your basketball or even your sporting heroes. Okay, I, I I'm never I can't do it. I can't Le, I can't utter LeBron James is greater than Michael Jordan. I don't care what I got to do. I will say LeBron that LeBron James does not tie his shoes as well as Michael Jordan ties his shoes. You know, I will find some reason to say Michael Jordan is the greatest. And and guess what? I should. I should because I should just hold that banner up really high. I don't know that I could ever take those goggles off. If you are a big Larry Bird fan, I don't know that you could ever take your goggles off to say that Michael Jordan was better than Larry Bird or that LeBron James was better than Larry Bird. I don't know that you ever can. And I think that is transcendent among all the sports. Whoever you grew up with watching and idolizing as a child is probably going to end up being one of the greatest players of all time in your mind, no matter what. Totally you know, respect that. And I respect that on anybody. I mean, I, I've said a million times and, you know, right now I do have Jordan as my goat. Um, I think there's a couple of things that LeBron needs to do before he, you know, fully takes that ring, uh, that title, I should say. But, you know, it, it, I will never, you know, argue with someone for saying, you know, I think Jordan's better, but I think LeBron is, is a really, really close number two. Or, you know, I think LeBron is, you know, one of the greatest players ever as well. But, you know, it's just the guy's, that you know are coming out and they act like Jordan is head and shoulders above LeBron and you know LeBron's not on the same level because that's just that's just untrue and that's kind of where my you know I know that I tweet a lot of you know you could call it anti-MJ propaganda and it doesn't come out of a negative place towards my feelings about MJ I, I thought MJ was great I've always liked MJ up until you know these last few years where I kind of you know People use that as a weapon towards taking down the player that I grew up watching and the player that I love. And that's kind of where it comes at for me. I think where LeBron James really has rubbed my generation, you know, the generation before you kind of a thing or two, two generations before you maybe, is whenever we watch stuff like the decision that was made. And we, we see the spotlight on him. We forget how much Michael Jordan took the spotlight whenever he came into the league and how he went into the slam dunk contest and he was wearing the gold chain, you know, and, and he just played even, the, in, I think, in some games with the gold chain. And then he had the shoe contract with Nike and he had those shoes that he used to get fined for. We forget some of the things that he did because well, he, he made them fade away from our memories. Uh, essentially. And we look at some of the things that LeBron James does now as being that, and I, you know, I, I don't know how to say this any better other than my internal feelings. Oh man, that guy's like a young punk, you know, just, that's how, that's how old people feel. That's how, that's how my generation kind of feels like he's disrespecting the game, doing some of those things when really in reality, he's, he's doing like I do in fantasy sports. He's playing the system and he's playing the game. He's looking the he's looking at the rules and he's taking advantage of the rules the best that he can. Yeah, and I definitely think that that's a, something that a lot of fans feel like. And you know, you mentioned the decision, and that's definitely something that a lot of people, even you know, LeBron fans were critical of. I thought that was weird. I mean, I think it was interesting. 
I mean, it. I I definitely ran to my TV to watch it, and I was only what nine years old at the time, and I remember that. Um, I remember how excited I was because I wanted him to go to the Miami Heat because I wanted him to win championships, and I knew that that was his best decision. So it's definitely very entertaining. I mean, I don't think that anybody was arguing that though. You know that it w- wasn't entertaining. I just think that people, a lot of people, thought that it was kind of uh, an attention grab. You know, look at me. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I think that he did it more so from a marketing standpoint, not so much to try to be disrespectful towards Cleveland or any of the other teams. No, I agree with you. And he did backtrack later on after he left Miami and went back to Cleveland. And I can't remember if it was before or after he won the championship in Cleveland. But I'll tell you what, when he when he left the Heat and went back to Cleveland, I thought, okay, well, that's pretty cool that he went back to his hometown and then he was on the mission to win the championship, right? Mm-hmm. And after he won that title in Cleveland, I thought, you know, that that is he he did what he said he was going to do. And I think that I found out when at that point that he had he he publicly said I went to Miami because that was like my college education in basketball. Okay. I had to learn how to win. Yeah. And then I wanted to bring that back here to Cleveland to win one for my state. And then he was gone, you know, just as, just yeah. as quickly as he came back. But he, he was a man of his word as far as going back to Cleveland and doing what he set out to do and something that he said he wanted to do for all those years while he was playing there for the Cavaliers. Right. And he didn't have to do that, you know. You know, he didn't have to go back to Cleveland. He wanted to. And I remember watching him in an interview when he was in Miami and he said, you know, if the fans would take me back, maybe, you know, down the road. At the time, I didn't think a lot of it, but, you know, when he signed there, I wasn't, you know, I was surprised, but, you know, after a while, I thought, you know, that kind of makes sense, and he, if he stays in Cleveland, I don't know that he has any championships, and that's kind of why I'm so advocate on, like, yeah, like, Giannis, you know, doing the right thing and stuff, staying in Milwaukee, there's definitely something honorable about that, but at the end of the day, when you get drafted into a small market that's not a very well-run organization, and you can't bring in free agents, you don't have trade assets, you know, you're never getting high draft picks because you are winning a lot of regular season games. You're kind of just stuck on the slippery slope, this cycle of, you know, we're going to be really good and then we don't have quite enough, but we don't have the assets to get enough. So I think that LeBron had to leave and then, you know, he left, won with Miami. And then while he was gone, Cleveland got three out of the four years, they got the number one overall pick. Now, granted, you know, one of those picks was a complete bust. But they had, they were able to retool, and then LeBron's like, okay, you know, I think I can win with this team, and he did. So that, and that's awesome. No, that is awesome, and I say this a lot about the NFL teams and and a lot of the major league franchises. A lot of times, those people in the front office have got a plan that we can't see while we're sitting on our couch. Okay, we we just can't see it. We just don't know it. We don't think that far in advance. Now we might be able to do things at our line of work a lot further in advance than other people could see, like we're planning things out strategically. And let me just say this. Maybe LeBron James was playing chess and not checkers the entire time whenever he decided to go to Miami. And maybe he did think about those high draft picks that Cleveland was going to get. Maybe he stumbled into that kind of success and went, hey, that's a pretty good plan while he was in the middle of it. But maybe he thought about that long before anybody else did as well. Right, and I think that the timing was also perfect because at that time, that was when Dwayne Wade's knees were starting to give out. It was, I think, a season before Bosch had his whole issue with the blood clots. So it really did work out great for LeBron. And 
that's just another testament to his greatness that, you know, and I'm sure he did have that in the back of his mind, like, well, you know, maybe in a couple of years, you know, they'll, they'll have a draft pick that hits and they did Kyrie Irving. And then with the pick of Wiggins, they had the assets to bring in another star, Kevin Love. So it definitely worked out well for LeBron and it definitely worked out for well for the city of Cleveland, because unless LeBron comes back, I think that was the last championship for a while. It probably is. One of the things I also think about it whenever we talk about the greatest players of all time, completely different generations. Uh, and it's really hard to compare apples to apples with stuff like that, you know, points to points. Uh, because fouls are different now. Three-point lines are different now. The rules have changed so much. The game styles have changed so much to where the you know, analytics are such a big part of the game now. It's it's really hard to compare those kind of things together and just say who's the greatest of all time. I, I, I hope we can all get beyond those kind of things and really just instead of having that argument, learn to love all the great players that are there throughout those different generations. It's good to talk about, but man, don't get so emotionally invested in who the greatest player of, is of all time. Right. And it should be a fun talking point you know, and, you know, nothing more. Because at the end of the day, there is no right answer. There's no wrong answer. There's nothing but everybody's opinions, and some opinions hold more weight than others. But at the end of the day, no one's, it's a debate that nobody's ever going to win. Okay, but we got to have the debate a little bit. Okay, can, can we play my little game here? Can we play a little game? I'm all for it. Let's do it. All right, so you and I are, are playing a game. We decided to go down to the wreck Gym. I don't know what you guys call it. We, yeah, we go, we go down to the gym here. And and we go down to the gym to play a game, and it's you and I, Gage, and we walk into the, the court. Uh, let me, hold on. Before we get into this, let me remind everybody that they are listening to the NBA Runaround. You can find Gage over on Twitter, at Boone Gage. I think he's opened up his Twitter now, so all the Heat fans can hate on you there if you want to find that there. If, if Please don't hate on me, though. I'm, I'm, I'm just an innocent bystander in all of this, okay? <laughs> but you can find me on Twitter, at Loafinit on Twitter. Make sure you're following the show as well at FI Today with a little underscore there. And all the host names are listed underneath the bio. Make sure you follow everybody, please. And don't forget to head over to Anchor FM. Follow the show there and, and subscribe to the show on whatever platform you want to listen to it on. And whenever you do that, if you can, on the iTunes app, Move us up the rankings by slapping those stars for us and leaving a review. All right, we'd really, really appreciate that as a show. And then don't forget... Don't forget to tell your friends. Don't forget to tell your neighbors about the show. If you want to, you can even paint a little logo of the show on the side of your car as free advertisement for us. If you do that and send me a picture, I will send you something in the mail. Okay, that's just you could just DM me on Twitter at Loafinit, and that that'd be really neat. Or oh, you know what the young generation could do, Gage? What's that? You can you can have your barber cut something in your head. You know, like like in your hair. Yeah, you could do that. You could do a tattoo, maybe. No, I, I'm not into tattoos. I have no tattoos. I have no tattoos either. Really? That's that's my, my, my very. I'm I'm not gonna say proud of you, but that's that's just one of those things. My grandpa used to have a tattoo, and now we're on a family friendly show, and and so my grandpa had a tattoo, and when I was a young man, I used to look at my grandpa, and he was a shirtless guy. He liked to walk around with his shirt off. That's just he did that. He was a tough guy. He was he was very. He he was different. Can I say that about my grandpa? He was he was a little bit different. He always liked for me to punch him in his stomach. He thought he had a really tough stomach. He used to watch wrestling every Saturday morning and every Sunday morning, and it was a chi Chicago kind of wrestling. And there was these people like called Dick the Bruiser 
on on the wrestling. So you can look up Dick the Bruiser and watch old wrestling clips. It is not very funny. It's not very fun to watch, but it's funny to see how they used to wrestle a long time ago. And he used to pride himself on being a tough guy like Dick the Bruiser. Rumor is he would have people run over his stomach with a car. That's that's what he that's what he would do. I don't I don't suggest yeah. that at home for anybody, but that's what that's what I was told that he used to do. Now let me he might have been the one telling me that, and my grandpa used to also tell me that he was fast enough to run in between raindrops. So I don't know if that's true or not. To be honest with you. So was that like as a hobby or more so like to show off? Both. Both. Yes, he, he didn't do a lot of things as a hobby. But anyway, my grandpa used to have this tattoo on his shoulder. And it was of a Hawaiian girl, like a, like a, like a, like I say, a Hawaiian. It was just a girl, a lady, a woman, in nothing but one of those Hawaiian skirts, the luau skirt. But she wasn't wearing a top. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So let's just say I used to climb up on my grandpa's lap quite often to look at his shoulder. You know what I mean? I used to climb up there and look at his shoulder. I, I'm sure that was a little humorous to him. But as a young, as a as a little toddler, as a little boy, I'd I'd always be fascinated by the lady uh, <laughs> on my grandpa's shoulder. the The bad thing is, is the older I got and the older he got, the worse looking she got. So I didn't spend a lot of time looking at my grandpa's shoulder as he got older. Right, as time went on, she kind of aged along with him. Yes, but I don't know how we got there, but we are talking. Okay, I know how we got there, because now you and I are walking into the gymnasium, and we're going to play a little game, a little pickup game. And when we walk into the gym, to our surprise, all the great legends of the NBA are there. And I know you got this now on NBA video games. I didn't have this on video games growing up as a kid. Okay, so now we're going to play in real life. Engage. You and I shoot for the ball, or shoot to see who gets the first pick out of all these NBA legends that are standing there on the court. And we got to take our biases out of it the best that we possibly can to win the bragging rights here for the NBA runaround show. I'm going to say you make the basket and you get first pick. Who are you picking, my friend? So you're gonna put me on the spot, huh? You, well, I'll pick first. I don't have. I don't. I don't. I, yeah. I'm easy going. I could pick first all day long. I got it. Um, so if I'm picking a team, um, I take that as a, you know, slightly different question than you know who's had the greatest career ever. So if I'm you know forming a team, the first person I pick, and I, um, is it you know, you know, any era version of any player? Yes, you know? any era, any version. And you say it's a little bit different than the very first. But here, I don't think it's very different at all. Because really, ultimately, what we want to do is we want to win games, right? That's what we want to do is win games. I don't care about your stats. I don't care about your numbers. I want to win games. And so if I get to choose anybody out there, and I know their stats, I know their numbers because they're the NBA legends, who am I going to pick to win this one game against this sharp three-point shooter that's very well-dressed out there on the court named Gage Boone? Well, Wes, uh, as much as I want to take Michael Jordan so you can't have him, I think I'm going to go with 2013 LeBron James. 2013? What, 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 what version is 2013? You have to remind me. So that's the version that was second place in the Defensive Player of the Year voting when he should have won. And that's the player who was one vote away from being the first ever unanimous MVP. That vote went to Carmelo Anthony of the New York Knicks. So basically, you have a LeBron James who was the best defender in the league, who shot, I believe, 43% from the three-point line that season. 
uh, led his team to the fifth longest winning streak in NBA history. They won 27 games in a row, and they also won their second title in a row. You know, went back to back. LeBron Finals MVP, 28 points a game in the finals. He did his thing. That's the player that I'm taking. He can do a little bit of everything: play, make, shoot, defend. Six eight. 260 he was at his athletic peak that's the guy i'm taking i am so jealous of your memory i think at some point in my life i had a memory like that maybe not quite nearly as good but now my life is filled with my you know my five-year-old daughter telling me at some point during the day that she was happy that she kept her diaper dry last night even though she didn't and and it ended up she ended up peeing in the bed uh last night and so now she can't get a cookie and so that's what my life is filled with gage and i'm 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 doing those kind of dirty, dirty laundry is what I'm doing. So I can't remember all these things. But I'm going to tell you, since you are picking that version of LeBron James, I am going to have to battle that version. And I'm like, man, I'm looking over at your team now. And I'm like, man, he's got he's got the athletic version of LeBron James, the younger version. I'm going to have to take Michael Jordan in the the how about this? The 72 and 10 championship era. Uh, a league because that's when he came back and he was lifting weights all summer long. That's when he had a little chip on his shoulder from losing the year before against the Orlando Magic, and that was the transcendent Bulls team that kind of everybody is is holding their standard to for the rest of NBA history so far, I believe. Um, so I'm going to take that version of Michael Jordan, who was I believe at his peak in basketball. So I'll take that. I don't, I don't know what year it was. The first of the second three peats. Uh, that'd be ninety six. If 96. you say so. Yeah, great pick, great pick. So it's my pick. Back, back to me, right? Yes. Yeah. Back to you now. I'm gonna take. You know, you got LeBron, so now I'm gonna need someone that can kind of run pick and roll with him, uh, rebound. I'm gonna take two thousand one Shaq. Oh, see. Yeah. You know, finals. I believe he averaged something ridiculous, like. 32 and 15. I mean, he was just ridiculous. That that entire era of him and Kobe, uh, he was awesome. Uh, mo- arguably the most dominant player ever. I mean, outside of Wilt, but you know that was a whole different era. Okay, so you're taking you're taking first year Laker Shaq. Is that around that time? Uh, I think it was it was like right in the the heart of his Lakers tenure. Yeah. See, I, I would I would argue I was going to take who I was going to take next, Young Shaq on the Orlando Magic because I had never seen anybody run like that before who was that big of a guy. He still handled the ball a little bit even while he was young Shaq with Orlando. He was amazing on those teams, and he, he was too hard to handle. Nobody, Even Akeem Olajuwon had a tough time with him, but Akeem Olajuwon was one of those guys offensively that could handle him. You know who I'm going to take to battle your Lakers, Shaq? Okay, This is going to sound strange, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the best rebounder in NBA history as far as I'm concerned, and that's Dennis Rodman. And the reason why I have to do that is because I have to mess with your team's mind. And I think Dennis Rodman is going to get out there on the court and mess with LeBron James' mind. I think he's going to go out there and make uh, Shaquille O'Neal so mad that he's going to want to fight. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to take my guy Dennis Rodman uh, just to come in there and cause a little chaos. You're, yep. So far, so far, you're outscoring me. Yeah, but you're gonna you're 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 taking the angle of you're not gonna let us score. You're gonna under, you're gonna get under our skin. So back to me, right? Yes. Um, I have a very tough decision here. I've narrowed it down to two players. Um, they were teammates 
the past, you know, not this season, but the three seasons prior, uh, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry. I'm going to go for now. I'm going to take Kevin Durant. Um, I mean, seven foot tall, can shoot, dribble. I mean, you give him LeBron to kind of play make for him, Shaq to kind of draw the defense in, and then you got KD sitting in the corner, three, three, three. He can shoot 45, 46% from the three, high volume. I'm going to have to take him. And he can also shoot a little bit. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That right, you are you're you're winning this matchup so far, I believe. And it's probably because I, I I have a tough time watching NBA anymore, so it's hard for me to remember all these players nowadays, uh, Gage. But if I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about your height. I'm I'm not. Can I just say this? I'm not that worried about your offense right now at this point. I, I know you could score. I'm really worried about your height compared to mine. Uh, and I only have Dennis Rodman down low right now. So mm-hmm. how am I going to combat your scoring with all those other players? I need somebody that can score not only the three-pointer, but combat the height. Oh, if I take like a Dirk Nowitzki, you're going to completely out-athleticize out me on that court because he's just going to slow everything down. But I still think he could cause a lot of trouble for you. Oh, that's a tough one, man. I, and and see all the people I grew up with, the big yeah. guys didn't shoot the three pointer like your Kevin Durant does. You know what I mean? Right. It, it just he doesn't shoot that one. Mm. All right. right. So if I, I if I'm doing this, I'm looking for my edge, right? I'm looking for I'm going to play to my strengths, and I'll fine. I'll do it. I'll go with Larry Bird. I'm going to take Larry Bird, and I'm right now. I'm playing a mental game with your team. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> well. You definitely have the edge in that department. I mean, I got Kevin Durant, who's one of the most insecure yeah. stars in all sports, not just the NBA. So, and that, that, that's where I'm trying to look for my angle here a little bit. And I, that's absolutely right. Your Kevin Durant is soft mentally. It seems like a little bit, you know, he, he is like that, a little insecure. I like what you said about that. He'll be over there tweeting on, on four different Twitter accounts on Twitter accounts, trying to find a burner account, trying to put down Larry Bird. And then you got, uh, you got LeBron James, who we could say at the same time has backed down from tough situations whenever he was that young. Anyway, I think I could say that pretty confidently. I'm yeah. not going to say LeBron James nowadays does that because he is the king of the court by far. And then uh, Shaquille O'Neal, he's going to be out there at midcourt dancing at some point. So he's, yeah. you know, he's going to be shaking out there. So that, that'd be all right. So I think you got to combat my mental toughness, buddy. Yeah. And uh, actually the next player I'm going to take, and honestly, I'm shocked that he's still on the table at this point, but at this late, he's an absolute steal. I'm going to take Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't talk about an NBA player being mentally tough without mentioning Kobe Bryant. Um, on top of that, I mean, elite defender on the perimeter, um, score like nobody else. Um, he's a guy that, you know, can also just kind of play. I mean, he's played with Shaq before. He knows how to do it. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Kobe. I can't say that I blame you. And then I will run it back with, and and I knew you were going to do that, and uh, I didn't want to take Kobe. I, I didn't. I, I I don't mind you having this all Laker team uh, be looking like Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, and Magic, and, and not Magic Johnson, but uh, LeBron James. And then if I, 
now I'm debating between Steph Curry and James Harden because I need I need a lot of scoring and both of those guys can score a lot of points. Uh, and so I'm trying to think of who who would help me out mostly. And I don't know that either one of those players will help me defensively at all. Why <laughs> uh, Leonard? He's he's going up there. Yeah, yeah. Akeem, if you want yeah, to, I need somebody to stretch the field. I need somebody to stretch the court. Right. I, I need I need somebody to stretch the court. So I'm really trying to think of the three point shooter there. And you're right. You got you got those two players. But I, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to say. Uh, because I like the passing opportunity and how much he runs around. I'm going to say Steph Curry. I like him off the ball better than I like James Harden. So there you yeah, go. That's a great option. And if you wouldn't have picked Stephen Curry, that would have been my next pick. But since you did take that splash brother, I'm going to take the other one. I'm going to take Clay Thompson. Uh-huh. Uh, and reason being, uh, we don't know what Clay looks like on his own. We don't know what he'd be like without Stephen Curry. But what I do know is that when he has an elite team around him, which in this scenario he would have a very elite team around him, uh, he can defend anybody. He's an excellent defender. And what's the number one player that LeBron plays well with? A shooter. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get Klay Thompson spotting up in the corner, Kevin Durant and the other one, LeBron and Shaq doing a pick and roll, Kobe. I mean, yeah, give me Klay Thompson. Okay, I can give you that. And then to finish mine off, I'll take a little surprise guy. Somebody who I think is one of the most, boy, he is underrated. And probably because he was one of the quietest players who put up big numbers. Um, saw this man put up, what, what he got five, I don't know, I would quad, a quadruple, triple double. I don't, what do you call that? A quadruple double? Yes. Where he, uh, David Robinson. I'm going to take David Robinson because he can run up and down the court. He might be able to actually, you know, take and play ball with Shaquille O'Neal, which frees up. Uh, Dennis Rodman to do some things on the court between your guys and and play a little mind game with LeBron James. So I, I'm going to take David Robinson to try and wear out Shaquille O'Neal as David Robinson takes all his naval uh, training and and just runs runs all over the place. Wes, I I thought you when you said you know when you said underrated, the first person that popped into my mind was a teammate of his, uh, Tim, Duncan. Tim Duncan. Yeah, yeah, I thought that's what I was say. And I w- I would have. But I thought Tim Duncan learned all his tricks from David Robinson, except for that the sweetest shot off the glass ever Tim Duncan had. Oh. That was so well, much fun to watch. I think we might need to uh, you know, tweet out these teams, let the let the listeners choose. Oh, I will leave you in charge of that because there's no way I could construct that tweet. There's no way I could do that. I think I could pull that off. All right, that sounds good. All right, so you'll be looking for that. Make sure you tag both FI Today and also loafing it on that one, if you do not mind, Mr. Boone Gager. Okay, so when we talk about this landscape of the NBA right now, I think that the new year is going to start off around Christmas time. Am I right? You know, right now it's kind of up in the air. I think that Christmas time is ideal. Like, that's what they're hoping for. But I also saw a tweet the other day that it could be as late as February. Oh. So around Valentine's Day. Okay. I can see that. I'm going to miss October basketball a little bit where they always did it at Halloween and stuff. But it's kind of good. They're giving the platform completely to the NFL right now. Uh, Probably hockey will start up at some point as well. But that's very interesting that they're taking it off whenever you look at all the – I don't know, the political statements that the NBA was trying to make this year as well. Um, uh, or maybe statements that they were making, and now they're 
during the election time. They're kind of taking that time off. So that's a little bit interesting, especially when you look at the conspiracy theorists out there who try to think of some of those things. So it may not start then. But when it does start up, we'll have a period of free agency before then. Who are some big free agents this year? So the biggest free agents, well, the number one free agent, obviously, is Anthony Davis. But I think that me, along with the other 29 teams in the league, kind of believe that he's a Laker, at least for the near future. Um, A lot of people think he's going to sign a big, you know, four or five year max deal. I don't think he will yet. I think that, you know, he's going to be looking at a one, maybe two year deal, because to be quite honest, he doesn't know where this what this team's going to look like in three years. I mean, LeBron who knows what condition LeBron will be in and the rest of the roster, everyone is on one year deals and the theme could look completely different, you know, two years from now. So I think he's going to be kind of conservative. Um, he might take meetings with other teams, maybe like his hometown team, the bulls. Um, but for the most part, I think it's safe to say he's a Laker. Um, on top of that, you have Hassan Whiteside, DeMar DeRozan, possibly if he opts out, um, Gordon Hayward could opt out. I don't believe he will. Um, you have, Danilo Gallinari but the biggest you know this is kind of going to be a soft free agent year because last season I think it was a crazy uh 55 percent of the league was a free agent can you believe that wow no I can't yeah and 2021 is going to be a replica of that I think it's going to be near half the league is going to be free agent so that's going to be the big uh free agent year I think this year is mostly going to be made around trades this offseason Okay. I I don't know why you're speculating that. I do know that when you said that about the 55% being free agents last season, I remember looking at the NBA rosters going, what in the world happened to all these players on the, all these different teams? Because I, I like to throw the little quarters into the DFS slot machines and NBA was really fun to do that with. Um, but I couldn't, I was like, what in the world? All these players are on different teams. It really messed with my mind gauge. Well, yeah, and it and also they all signed so quickly. I mean, I remember I had all you know my Woj and Shams notifications on my phone, and I was at an AAU tournament. My phone was just buzz, buzz, buzz. Oh, KD's in that. Anthony yeah. Davis traded to the Lakers. Kyrie's in that. You know, it's just Kawhi. You know, just bang, 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 and that was a lot of fun. I'm, you know, it was. I remember when all those free agent signings happened, and it was kind of fun. Woj was dropping bombs all the time. Why, who do you think is going to get traded then as far as in the NBA? You said it's going to be a trading year instead of a free agent signing year. Well, how's that going to work? So there's a lot of players that are on either expiring deals or just, quite frankly, aren't happy in their situations. Um, I mean, I can give you a quick list of players to look out for. Victor Oladipo, Buddy Heald. Derek Rose. Um, you also got, you know, the Warriors have that number two pick, Andrew Wiggins. I know the 76ers would love to get rid of Harris or Horford. There's just a lot of teams that kind of feel like a, that they're one deal away. I feel like the Nuggets possibly could go after a guy like Bradley Beal. I think they could go after a guy like Drew Holiday. I think the Heat could go after somebody like that. I think the Lakers are going to be trying to get somebody like a Buddy Heald, like a Victor Oladipo. There's just so many teams with no cap space, I mean, the Warriors, Rockets, and Lakers, for example, have no cap space whatsoever, 76ers as well, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to want to improve their team, and they're going to look at trades. The East, though, whenever I look at it, I, I know Miami was Miami, and they made it to the finals within the bubble, but but they didn't, I don't know if they could do that over a season long 
tournament, you know, or a season long, or just the regular season. I don't know if they could do that. I know it'll be a shortened regular season next year as well, but there'll still be more games under their belts. And and they seem to break down every single year. To me, the East looks like it's a wide open to try and face probably the Lakers again in the championship. No, I, I, I'd have to agree with you. I know a lot of people see the Heat coming back. I think a lot of people have also already wrote in the Brooklyn Nets, which I think is interesting considering they haven't even played together. Um, And there's a lot of question marks with that team, the coaching, the um, fit, the health of the players. Um, Don't get me wrong, on paper, they're definitely the most talented, but I would definitely not write them in. And then you have the Bucs. I think the Bucs are another team that's – I know they got their eyes on Chris Paul. Um, I think they're going to do everything they can. I think the Thunder are definitely going to make Chris Paul available. You know, they got rid of Billy Donovan. I think they're going to kind of press the full rebuild button. I think they did last year, but it didn't quite work out, and they ended up making the playoffs somehow. So I think this year they're going to deal him, and I think that the Bucks are going to be looking to do that. And there's just the whole East, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's wide open. I mean, you got the Celtics, Raptors, Heat. They're all young teams that are going to get better. Yeah, they do get better, but they're all going to go through those growing pains as well. I guess those teams are all one move away from possibly winning uh, at least the NBA, at least the Eastern Conference. But the the West, the West, like you said, man, uh, I really think we see the window closing for the Warriors very quickly, very rapidly, as quickly as it opened. I think it's closing that quickly as well, especially if they're missing any of those key elements in Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. I don't think any of those pieces can really hold any of that team up the way that team did. And let's face it, they they get hurt every year. They do. And if they don't have a if they don't make a deal, they're going to have an absolutely terrible bench. I mean, they're going to have guys coming off that bench that I know you haven't heard of, some players I haven't even heard of, they're going to be coming off that bench rotation next year. Unless they, you know, deal Wiggins for a couple role players or deal that number two pick or Draymond or something. But I don't think that they will. I think that, you know, they would trade those for another star like Giannis, but Giannis isn't really available right now. So I think that they're kind of going to just, you know, use their pick. They're going to draft probably James Wiseman and run with their starting lineup of Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Wiseman. And then off the bench, I mean, they'll have, you know, Eric Paschal, who had a great rookie season, but I mean, other than that, I mean, their bench is going to be rough. They don't have any money. I mean, they can sign some veteran minimums, mid-level exceptions, but it's not going to be anything special. Clippers are going to have to rebuild also, not only getting rid of Doc Rivers, but it just seems like those pieces there, uh, they're a little bit older. They're a little bit aged, and it's definitely not a youth movement in Clipperland. No. Well, the Clippers have absolutely zero first round picks to deal because they dealt them all for Paul George. Um, They are so low on assets. Their only choice would be to take Paul George and attach Landry Shamit and a couple second round picks and see if you could get somebody to bite. But even then I think it'll just be a lateral move. I mean, unless you're able to get a Giannis or an Embiid or a James Harden, but I mean, I don't think any of those players are really available. So then you're just looking at a lateral move. And then also they got two big-time rotational players that are going to be free agents, Montrez Harrell and Mark, Marcus Morris. And if they don't bring you know both of those guys back, they're going to just be basically a worse version of what they were this year. Houston Rockets pushed all their chips in the middle of the bubble court this year. 
And it, it, you know, when when they got rid of uh, Ola, uh, who was it, Chris uh, uh, Capella? When they got rid of Capella, it took away all their inside presence, and they just really were all in on the Dan Tony system, and that's that's gone. Now, I don't know what they're going to do this year. Well, I know that a lot of Rockets fans want them to go after Danilo Gallinari, Serge Ibaka, possibly Marcus All. You know, a lot of these you know free agent centers, uh, Hassan Whiteside, but. The fact is they don't have any cap space to do that. Their best bet is to try to trade for somebody. Um, I think Miles Turner is on their radar. Maybe that's just a Twitter rumor. But I think that, you know, they look to maybe deal Eric Gordon for him, and then at least you got a center, you know. Um, yeah, but it, it seems like you said a lateral movement. It definitely seems like their window's closing. I agree. I agree. I don't think that the whole Harden and – uh, Russell Westbrook thing. I don't think that it's those two are, that are the problem, but I think you put those two together and then you kind of don't have enough to, you know, do anything else to the roster. Yeah, Denver seems like that team, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, that one move away, Denver mm-hmm. kind of seems like that move. And I don't know if they need a little bit more experience on that team in order to get over the hurdle, but they could definitely uh, make some more impact next season. Well, Denver's lucky because they have the assets to make that move. If if they wanted Bradley Beal, they could get him. Um, it's I don't think that they're wanting to part with Michael Porter Jr., which I'm sure the Wizards would want. I'm sure the Pelicans would request, you know, if they kind of felt out a deal to them. But they have Gary Harris that so they can deal. That's $20 million right there that they can move. Um, I do think that they'll make a move because they got uh, Paul Millsap coming off his huge contract. They might sign him back for lesser uh, Jeremy Grant is going to be one of the better free agents this year. I don't think that he'll pick up his player option. I think he'll decline it and test his waters, you know, see if some team throws him $20 million. You never know. Um, I'm sure they'd like to bring him back, but I think that they're going to, I look for them to try to make a deal. Um, I hope that they're not too conservative though, because I see too many teams that do this to where they think, you know what, we're just going to run with our guys. And then every single year they come up short, 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 and then boom, that window closes. And then, when they think, man, I should have just traded for the superstar because that's almost always the answer. I mean, the Lakers, I mean, remember what people said when they traded for Anthony Davis. They said they should have kept the young core. You know, the young core is awesome and all, but it's not going to win you championships. No, it's not. And you can't let that window close. And like you said, 55% of the league are free agents. So that means there's always a lot of movement each and every year. Somebody with really deep pockets. The Dallas Mavericks, they definitely have a superstar on their roster that they can build around, and they have some pieces to help build around them. Do you think the Mavericks are one or two moves away? I think the Mavericks are one move away. And that move could just simply be Luka Doncic taking another step forward. Um, If he takes any more steps forward, he will be a top, I think it's fair to say, a top three player. I mean, right now I think he's he's right at eight is where I've got him. Uh, you could argue him as high as six, and I wouldn't argue with you. I just, I mean, he's got a lot to learn on defense and, you know, getting a bit more efficient as far as, like, the three-pointers go. But, I mean, there's not a lot that this kid can't do. Offensively, there's nothing that he can't do. Um, he's not, you know, as athletic as, a guy, as, like, a Ben Simmons or a Zion Williamson, but he's so effective. And they're going to have a max slot, not this offseason, but the offseason following. So I feel like they'll kind of take this year, see what Luke and Porzingis can do, Go ahead, uh, win, you know, their nearly 50 games, you know, get their five, six seed, you know, maybe win a playoff series this year. But I think that it's kind of like a two year thing with them. I think that they're going to take one more year and then they're going to bring in a free agent and then they'll really start to, you know, contend. 
Okay, I could see that. I, I don't know that there's any other teams right now in my short list of teams that can contend. Am I missing anybody? Um, uh, Celtics, Raptors, possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, um, the Heat, um, the Heat have, are going to have next season so much cap space and they have so many assets. That team, so well run, they're going to be set for the future, whether it's bringing in Bradley Beal, whether it's bringing in Giannis, whether it's bringing in both, that's a possibility. Um, it's really scary if you think about what the Heat can do and they already made the finals with this, you know, their roster, they have so much potential. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, you kind of got all the contenders, I feel like. Well, I, I, that's what I do. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a fountain of wisdom, Gage. I'm a fountain of wisdom. But regardless of that, I still think that LeBron James, unless he puts on 50 pounds in the offseason, uh, I think the biggest question with him, what that, not whether or not he's going to be able to repeat as champion with the Los Angeles Lakers, but will he shave his head? That's, I think that's the biggest question. Uh, going into this season, or will he come back all gray? You know, because he he did that going into the bubble. What what, what do you think his look's going to be like, or or is he just that guy who's never going to age? Well, the whole uh, shave your head thing is something that's been a topic for a couple years now, and I would love to see him embrace it. You know, kind of like Jordan, Kobe. Um, but I really, really did like the gray look. Um, I think I thought it looked ironic. You know, you know, I got a gray beard, and I'm still the best player on the court. Um, I would like to see him rock that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. All right. So let's uh, let's tell everybody. Are, are we missing anything that we want to cover? No, I think that was, that's all my notes. Okay. Let's Gage. Let's tell everybody what our plans are coming up. We might take a little bit of time off here while the NBA season winds down and while we get some of our ducks in a row. But let's tell everybody what we're planning on doing here in between the NBA season as we expand the Fantasy Impact Today Network and maybe get a little other things going on. Uh, some of the things that I wanted to do early on with you as we talked about it, and the NBA just moved so fast, man. It's been just a crazy year, 2020. We we want to get a YouTube channel, and mm-hmm. we want to start. Uh, what what? How do you guys reaction videos? Is that what they are? Yeah, reaction videos. Is it on Twitch too, or is it all just on YouTube? So there's like a lot of um, Twitch would be if we like did like live reactions. You know, um, YouTube would be more so if like you know we make the video, edit it, post it out there. Um, you know, we could also use Zoom, uh, video chat with Skype, FaceTime. You know, any of that kind of stuff. Okay, so I, I don't know how we're going to do that then. We're going to work through all those things as we try to expand our fields here. And then we want to do a little bit of uh, reviewing things, like old NBA games a little bit. I don't know if we could do that without getting sued. I don't, I don't know how we do all that stuff. But but uh, just watch some of the YouTube clips and YouTube videos that are already out there and do those reaction videos. And Boone, I, Gage, I'm just going to have to tell you right now, I, I have no idea how to set all that up. I'll watch some YouTube videos to see how to set all that up, but we'll try and figure it out. And then what I'd also love to do is watch some reaction videos of music with you. Okay, now we're always going to have this as a family-friendly show, so we're going to try to keep it as family-friendly as possible uh, whenever we do watch those things. So I don't know what kind of music you listen to. What, what, what music do you listen to at this point in your life? Um, hip-hop, pop, R&B, rap, you know, okay. the basic stuff. Um, but I have like a wide array of music that I like to listen to. I'm not tied down to one specific genre. 
So if you, I know you talked about your dad before on the show a little bit, and if he's a Cleveland guy and everything, I'm going to imagine he's a classic rock guy too, uh, or, or at least some eighties hair band guys is what I'm thinking. Yeah, he is. Um, he's mainly a country guy. Oh, I live in rural Ohio, so he mainly likes his country music. But yeah, he really does like his, you know, classic rock. You know, when he works out, he likes the kind of heavy metal stuff. So you're kind of familiar with those things? Oh yeah, I'm definitely familiar with it. Okay, but you haven't heard them all. No, no. Okay, no. so we may have some genuine reaction videos, especially to the to the uh, uh, YouTube videos that they'll be there. Now, you know who the original reaction video people were? I don't. I, I say this. They're probably somebody else other than this. I want to say that the reaction video started with Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Because they, they would watch videos and they would react to them. And they, if you go back and watch some of those old Beavis and Butthead things, you, you'll see that they had genuine reaction videos. Uh, <laughs> and it was uh, pretty priceless. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. It, it was hilarious. So not only NBA games, but those things. And, and Gage, I don't know if we can figure out some way to get us like I, you probably pay Madden. You probably play some kind of NBA basketball game or something. I do not mind challenging you in those things because I've been known to make children like you cry whenever they play me because they think they should stomp me. And somehow, some way I find a way. Uh, I am kind of uh, around my parts of NBA 2K legend. That's oh, my thing. Yeah. I probably couldn't do 2K. I, I just, I, I probably, there's too many buttons to push nowadays. I probably couldn't do 2K unless, of course, uh, PlayStation or Xbox felt sorry for me and they just allowed me to turn the green lights on the entire way, you know? Yeah, it gets harder every year, definitely. Does it? Yeah, this this new 2K is definitely the hardest one they've had so far. Well, maybe we'd have to go back then. Uh, and play, uh, on my bio on Twitter, at Lofinet, you will see that I am an NBA Live champion of NBA Live 99, is what it was. So oh. Can't say I've ever played that one. That was really fun. Literally. That was an awesome game. Hey, you've been listening to NBA Runaround, though. Thank you so much, Gage, for being my NBA expert this year. It was a pleasure and an honor to be able to talk to you inside this NBA bubble. Well, I loved it, and I cannot wait till next season. Hopefully, we'll have some fans in the crowd. Oh yeah, we will. Uh, tell me uh, what uh, platforms you are on, and tell me tell everybody where they can find you. So find me on Twitter at Boone Gage. It's my last name followed by my first name, and then Gage Boone underscore one. You can find me on Instagram, and then Gage Boone twenty three. You can find me on Snapchat. I'm posting NBA content daily across all three of those platforms, and you know soon. You know, hopefully we'll have a YouTube channel as well. Thank you for turning into NBA Runaround here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Twitter at FI Today with a little underscore. Also, you can find me on Twitter at Loafinit and make sure you follow me. That'd be wonderful if you do. Go over to Anchor FM, find the show there, Fantasy Impact Today. Whatever listening platform you're comfortable in listening to us on, make sure you subscribe to the show so we can update you on all those things. I bet you we can turn some of those reaction things into podcasts as well. There's a way to do that as well so you won't miss a beat not only to this show but also to all those other shows that appear on the fantasy impact today network but more importantly than all those actions we always want to encourage you fit fam to go out into the world and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today